Opinions on a podcast with Junior and Maze. Hi, welcome to Opinions on with Junior tonight. Coming live from the basement. I just got back from a house crawl, we called it, I think. Um, It's about a 10 houses. Every house has one particular drink they're making and one particular food they're making. Um, gotta say it was delicious. <laughs> I, we started around 4 PM and I'm now in at 10 30 PM. So about like six and a half hours of doing this, we had a mango peach margarita spicy. It was delicious. Um, a shot of bourbon smooth. Um, there was this thing called like a shotgun shooter or. It was like bacon with a noodle with like this fucking delicious meat inside of it. It was so, so good. And end of the night, the kids ended up having a um, like kind of like up their own little rave and on a trampoline with glow sticks and music. And it was pretty cool. Like the whole neighborhood kind of came out for it. What it was, it was like two groups of, you know, the people who stand at the the bus drop off, you know what I mean? Like all the parents that hang out every single day for that for that 10 to 15 minutes waiting for the bus to come their kids are playing and you know just hanging out kind of chatting a bit so all of us got together kind of to enjoy some drinks in each other's company and to kind of figure out who we who we live around you know and everybody was pretty cool um a lot of golfers <laughs> didn't know that a lot of people who love their kids it's a good neighborhood you know nice and quiet so it was interesting seeing everybody um, tonight, which is really cool. Um, let's see. Yeah, it was interesting. Um, my wife came out with me. The kids ended up having a babysitter until the end of the night. They had pizza, did their thing, you know, which is pretty cool. Um, yeah. So now here I am 1030 at night. I did want to talk about musical influences for the mace tonight, but unfortunately he could not make it. So here I am doing this by myself. I did have to say I woke up early this morning around 2 a.m. Couldn't sleep because this was one of my long runs this morning. Uh, By long, I mean like I have not run over like four miles in about like two years due to my sciatic. Uh, Yeah, it was interesting. We ran on trail, which is (laughs) needless to say, if you're not running particularly like every single day, like one to two, one to three miles per day you're running eight miles like that's gonna wear on your body so yeah there was a bunch of bikers out it's memorial day weekend man everybody's out there having a good time enjoying the weather it's crisp and cool and you know getting out there on your bikes and walking your dogs out on the trail and all that stuff we went to walking purchase park um it's down by the river over here in bethlehem pennsylvania and I got to say, like, as soon as I rolled up there, I think I got there around 6 a.m., ready to go. I'm like, I'm going to get out there. I'm going to get some selfies. I'm going to see what's going on out there. And next thing you know, there's a huge-ass train coming at me. Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah. And, it, you know, when it blows its whistle, it's loud. Early in the morning, 6 a.m., I was not ready for it. Then my buddy, he showed up a little bit later and stretched, and we did our thing. Um, we galloped up the hill. Pretty much talk again, like what guys talk about. It's like, you know, family life. How's your job? 
sports. And what we're gonna eat afterwards. We ended up picking a burrito, like a breakfast burrito place with some coffee and all that good stuff. So it was well worth it. It was a good run. Very good run. But I did want to talk about today, top 10 movies I've watched and kind of like the, you know, some of the sayings behind the movies, some of those great sayings, like, you know, the Ace Ventura is the, the mask, the Ricky Bobby shake and bake, baby. Uh, shut up, Chip. Like that kind of stuff. Like I'm notorious for remembering those catchphrases or um, even like, God, I used to love Batman, the old Michael Keaton. You know what I mean? Like that, the regular Batman with the Joker, Knight Jack Nichols, Nicholson or whatever, as the, as the Joker. Like I loved, that was my genre. Like I probably rocked, huh, what was it? Like Superman 4? He, I think he fights a computer. <laughs> yeah, I think he fights a computer, pretty much. Like, that was my jam. Like, he turned in, like, the red kryptonite turned him to this, like, awful Superman. Same thing in, like, Superman 3. When Venom, he gets that Venom suit, he turns into, like, that cool, like, ah, the chicks love me. Walking down the street doing his thing. You know what I mean? Like, that was my thing. I rotated Jaws, Aliens, um, and Superman. That's all I watched as a kid. And occasionally that Saturday morning hitter would be that Ninja Turtle, He-Man, obscure, like, learning about animals show. That's what I watched. That was me. That was me to a toy. So again, like, opinions on, I'm talking about movies. And we're talking about the top 10 movies of all time. Let's see what we got. We have coming at number one, being the Shawshank Redemption. I've never seen that movie. Ever. But again, I heard it is incredible. <laughs> they do their thing. Number two, The Godfather. The first one. Seen it. Amazing. Godfather 2, part two. I haven't seen the two. The Godfather 2. The Dark Knight. I mean, who who came up with this list? But The Dark Knight, I love that one. I like I I to be honest with you, I like the one with Bane. Like that was that was my favorite when he breaks his back and he has to climb out of the hole. That was that was great. 12 Angry Men, a 1957 movie I've never seen. Never, ever. Schindler's List, I'm pretty sure I watched that in sophomore year in high school. And, yeah, wasn't a fan. Lord of the Rings, Return of the King, the last one of the trilogy. Um, I'd have to say The Dark Tower is my favorite. I think that's, like, the second one. Not the first one, that's The Fellowship. But, like, definitely the second one I liked. Uh, Return of the King, not not a big fan of. I wasn't like I didn't didn't appreciate it as much as the the second. I think there was more action in the second one, and I'm a big Gandalf fan, so I liked him. Pulp Fiction coming in number eight. Like, hmm, what do we think about Pulp Fiction at eight? Like again, Quentin Tarantino. That's probably one of my favorite movies he came out with. Um, again. I'm a really big, huge fan of the Dust Till Dawn series. Come on. I love vampires. And I love them exploding and the whole the whole brother aspect of it. Like, I'm a big brother kind of guy when it comes to fighting vampires. Like, I loved, um, oh, the Lost Boys. Come on. You got to love the Lost Boys. Um, then the Good, the Bad, the Ugly. Clint Eastwood, 1966. My dad's probably favorite movie of all time. Him... And Gunsmoke go way back. 
Um, you know, that's that's the stuff he likes. I would I do have to say I wish there was more like I don't know range in this list, but I'll take it as it is. Top ten movies of all time: Shawshank, Godfather, Godfather Part Two, Dark Knight, Twelve Angry Men, Schindler's List, Lord of the Rings, Return of the King, Motherfucking Pulp Fiction, Motherfucker, The Good, The Bad, The Ugly, and. And Forrest Gump coming at number 10. Another one of my favorite movies. A little long for me, but, you know, it did justice. Top 10 movie quotes of all time. We're rolling in with, everybody guessed it, probably a Star Wars quote. May the Force be with you. And also with you. Here's looking at you, kid. Coming from, what's that? Huh? Casablanca. I'll be back. Terminator 1. That's the one where I think John Con no, John Connor, no, his dad, you know, is in it. He sends his own father back to the past with Sarah Connor. She has birth to John Connor, not in this movie, but this Terminator comes to destroy Sarah Connor. And again, it doesn't work because Terminator 2, Terminator 3, Terminator 4, Terminator 8, you know, Terminator 22 comes out, so... He fails. Life is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get is a Willy Wonka and a chocolate factory kind of quote, but it comes from Forrest Gump. Life is like a box of chocolates. Number five is you can't handle the truth. A few good men. That came out in 1992, which is hard to believe. It shows my age a little bit. I'm king of the world. Another another quote from this movie, I'm king of the world. Another quote from this movie is like, Jack, never let go. Jack, never let go. And they, she lets go. Rose, don't let go. And she lets go of this guy and he drowns and he dies. He, it's Titanic. It is Titanic coming in number six. Say hello. Say hello to my little friend. This is a Scarface movie. Would, a big movie I watched in college probably. I'd have to say probably 200 times, <laughs> at least 200 times. There were Saturday nights. I think we were up forever watching it and just saying lines from Scarface. You talking to me? Are you talking to me? Little Taxi Driver, which I'd never seen, but I've heard it's an amazing movie. Bond. James Bond. And you probably guessed it. It's coming from James Bond. But do you know the actual movie name of it? Dr. No. It's a Dr. Mo kind of film, which I've never seen either. Keep your friends close, but keep your enemies closer. Godfather 2 flick. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? Those are the top 10 movie quotes. Stories behind the scenes you never knew about in movies. Top 10, my guys. And again, I'm sorry it's so slow. There's only me here doing this tonight. So it's, you know, I got to do my own thing. <laughs> and not to mention, I had about eight in me right now. And again, there was a mango margarita. Nice. There was a Tito's with cucumber and a hint of lime or lemon. You could choose what your garnish was. So good. Uh, was the first one. Huh. Don't even remember at this point. Oh, my God. There was a pineapple shrimp 
uh, like on a shish kebab kind of like a score. I can't even say it right now. So good. So tasty. So tasty. But let's get to this. So it's the behind the scenes stories of top 10 movies. So Shawshank Redemption, the movie wasn't even initially successful at the bo- uh, box office. A cult following after its lease on home video, the film's director, Frank Donnerbott, had to fight to cast Tim Robbins as the lead role. As the studio initially wanted, guess who? Wilson! Wilson! Tom Hanks. That's right. Tom Hanks. Number two is The Godfather, Marlon Brando, who played Don Vito Corleone, famously refused to memorize his lines. Add cue cards placed around the set. He also came up with his own idea to stuff his cheeks with cotton balls to give him a sense of imposing appearance. Okay. Okay. Cotton balls, huh? Godfather Part 2. The film was shot simultaneously with the conversation. Another Francis Ford Coppola film, which meant that Coppola could often have to shuffle back between fourth sets. That's whatever. Okay. You booked your, you double booked yourself, my guy. The Dark Knight, Heath Ledger, who played the Joker, famously locked himself in a hotel room for a month to prepare his role. He also improvised many of his lines and actions on set. I mean, this man was a phenomenal actor, I think. Uh, I forget the movie. He's a knight. I loved him in that. Like, he's just a good actor. Um, it was that, like, little romance novel. Uh, not romance novel. That 10 Things I Hate About You or something like that. He's, I liked him in that, too. And I don't really like those movies. Like, but he was good. he was good in all those. But I mean, Dark Knight, Heath Ledger nailed it. He definitely did. Twang, twang, Twelve Angry Men. Entire film takes place in one room. Made it challenging for director Sidney Lumont to keep his audience engaged to create a sense of tension. He gradually increased the temperature in the room throughout the film <laughs> to not only fuck with those guys, <laughs> to make them act like. You know, bring the best out of him. I'm hoping he did. You know? <sighs> Sorry. All right. So the Schindler's man. List. Production was emotionally taxing on everyone involved. The director, Steven Spielberg, would often call on Robin Williams to make him laugh after filming particularly difficult scenes. That's just, this is just a sad, sad, sad fact. Relying on a comedian to, to up, up the motivation for a whole cast. I mean, that's huge for Robin Williams, you know, to be cast to do that, to be asked, even asked to do that. Like, that's that's a lot for somebody. Lord of the Rings, Return of the King. Film's production was so massive that it required three units of filming simultaneously. The crew even had to create a makeshift town in New Zealand to accommodate the cast and crew. So there was their own makeshift cast quarters. Like a town for everybody in the film. Uh, that uh, That is literally insane to me. We have Pulp Fiction. Royals with the cheese scene. Inspired by the real life conversation that Quentin Tarantino had with a friend in Amsterdam. Which is why this man is a brilliant director. Like just brilliant. Like he can take his real life conversations with a buddy. And make a absolute fantastic. Like just a scene out of that. The good, the bad, the ugly. The film was shot in Spain. I didn't even know that. My dad probably knew. Right, Poppy? Poppy, you knew that? 
and the cast and crew often had to contend with extreme heat and dust storms. The film composer, um, Emino Macron, also had to write some score without even seeing any of the footage of the film. As the film was still, it was still being edited, he just came up with it. He's like, this is what I think it would sound like. Forrest Gump, Tom Hanks was so committed to the role, he lost 50 pounds to pay the, play the character in later years. The scene where Forrest reunites with Jenny, uh, Jenny, in Washington, D.C., filmed during an actual anti-Vietnam war rally, which is like super. I also heard one which I really enjoyed was the one where there was so many people that played the Tin Man. I'm not sure if you heard this. Like they had to like paint themselves in the silver painting all over their body to be the Tin Man and often poisoned everybody. <laughs> they often got poisoned from it. Which is insane in my my book. Like being poisoned by, you know, putting your makeup on every single day, that's not does not sound appealing to me at all. Like at all. You know, so that was the top ten behind the scenes and top ten movies of all time. So for this year, I asked my wife for Father's Day, um, my birthday, and our anniversary to get Jets tickets for me and my family. Because I am dying to see Aaron Rodgers play this year. Like, I've never seen a good quarterback on the New York Jets team throw a ball. Um, Like, th- this good, at least. Like, Aaron Rodgers is top tier in my book. So we ended up getting six tickets for like, I don't know, close to $2,000. Two parking passes, all that good stuff. But like the the hassle and like getting to the stadium and finding your seat and making sure like everybody has, you know, comfortable and, you know, it sucks because I also wanted to bring my kids and I'm thinking to myself, like, I want to go see the Eagles versus the Jets on October 15th. So then there's a flex schedule where it might be a Thursday night game, you know, instead of a Sunday night at four, four o'clock where that's doable for my kids. Right. But if it's a Thursday night game, I can't bring my children because (laughs) I want to enjoy the game. You know, I want to be able to watch Aaron Rodgers throw. I want to, I want to be able to like cheer as loud as possible. I want to be able to scream obscenities at Jalen Hurts or, you know, my, my wife's even going to bring a New Heights shirt there because she loves that podcast. She absolutely adores Jason Kelsey and Travis Kelsey. So it's like, you know, I want to be able to like fully take it in, especially when you're paying that much money. Like you want to be able to fully experience that event. Right. So like, <laughs> but I also want to have my kids there, which is selfish of me because you really shouldn't, you know, you you really should, you know, think about your family and everything they go through. But, but again, like the last time I was at a Jets game, I saw like a fist fight and I saw like, um, well, last time I went with my wife, there was a lady that was like, we were in section like 114 or something like that. And like three rows down, there was this girl like screaming at this one guy, turning around. She's like in this guy's face. Guy ends up giving her a kiss on the cheek. Mwah. This lady crocks this fist back and punches this dude square in the face so hard. She's got three little kids, not three little kids, but like, I don't know, between like 12 and six, like sitting next to her crying. And next thing you know, the state troopers come down, down the stairs. They put hands behind the back and they walk her out. 
And my wife's like, <clears throat> you think you need to go down there and do something? No. This is why. I'm here to enjoy a game. And I'm pretty sure she has other family members there that are willing to step up and take care of these kids. You know? And this is when, this is probably when, like, the Jets were semi-good and they made it to the AFC Championship, like, two times going. Again, selfish. I'm just a selfish Jets guy. That's all I am. But I wanted to read some of the top ten, you know, best ways to enjoy a football game. Number one being watch with friends. Friends. Not. And two, you can even watch with, like, I have a buddy who's a Dolphins fan. You know what I mean? Like, I love watching AFC East with a Dolphins fan. My buddy who was alive, you know, back in the day, Bills fan. Like, I loved watching football with him because, again, they're, they're unique perspectives when it came to your team. I love to hear it. I love to hear how the Jets, you know, and how the Bills are just going to destroy the Jets and how the Dolphins are just going to destroy the Jets and forget it. Patriots, I just hate them, unfortunately. I just never liked them. Watching friends, watching a football game with friends can be a lot of fun. You can cheer on your favorite team together, discuss the game's progress, enjoy some snacks and drinks. Snacks being some type of buffalo seven-layer cheese dip, please, with some Fritos. Go to a game. Attending a football game in person can be an unforgettable experience. You can soak up the atmosphere, watch the players up close, cheer on your team with thousands of other fans who adore them too. Again, I'm going to go to the Eagles-Jets game. Usually they play the Jets in preseason. I think it's like week three usually. But like this year we're playing the NFC East. So I want to see that. Host a viewing party. You can host a viewing party at your home. Set up a big screen TV. Decorate your space with team colors. Blah, blah, blah. That does not sound fun. Like I, even though I do do that. If you look around, I have Jets, Jets Avenue, Jets Clock, Jets this. Um... I used to have like a Zach Wilson, like big old, big head um, on a shirt and stuff like that. But like, I don't think my friends or family want to see all that stuff. This is what I love. Play fantasy football. Um, We have like our own little family fantasy league, which I, which I suck at. But I mean, I try every year. You know, I think I'll get better. I, th- I think I came close to winning one year, but I mean, forget it. My wife. She always she always gets a stacked team. I don't know how. Oh, she follows uh, Chris Collinsworth. That's what she does. She's like, I look at CBS, Chris Collinsworth. I do his thing. I do whatever he says. But like playing fantasy football can add an extra layer to excitement to watching the games. You can draft your own team of players, compete against friends, root for your own players to have a great game. So not only are you rooting for the Jets to win, right? You're probably rooting for that Devontae Adams to catch four touchdowns or Derek Carr with the Saints. Right? To have like four running touchdowns. Travis Kelsey having a 200-yard game. You know, receptions. Mr. Tyreek Hill throwing up those peace signs, running into the end zone. Alvin Kamara maybe getting another nose ring. You know, stuff like that. Participate in game day traditions. Many football teams have their own game day traditions, such as tailgating. I love it. Chicken wings. Amaze, pre-game rituals, post-game celebrations, participating in these traditions can help you feel more connected to a, a team other than fans. I do have to say, um, post-game celebrations. So, like, I'm a Jets fan. I think I said it like 10 times now, but my kids often ask why I don't cheer as much as the other teams cheer, you know. And a lot of times I tell them, like, the Jets don't score that many touchdowns. Like, it's more of a 7-3 to three game. It's more of a, you know. 
It's not a 35 to 28 game. You know, it's sad. It's a sad existence as a Jets fan in the past 13 years. I'm not going to lie. My kids and my kids have not seen a winning season. Um, so I've not been happy on Sundays. Focus on the game. Finally, remember to focus on the game itself. Pay attention to the strategies and plays. Cheer your team on. Appreciate the athleticism and skill of the players. I mean, it's tough to do that, I think. I think we're all about winning. Just me. That's just me. Like, I truly feel like if you're not winning, you're not appreciating the team. Like, they can be blowing people out on the field, but if they're not winning games at the end of the day, you're not like, oh, C.J. Mosley hits like a fucking monster truck, right? Like, at the end of the day, if they if they lost that game, you're like, oh, they lo- the Jets lost. It is what it is. Or like Kyler, Kyler Murray. This dude can sling the ball everywhere. If the Cardinals aren't good, you're not saying this dude's got a, like a fucking cannon. He's throwing it everywhere. Speaking of that, D-Hoff got like released. So like I think like top five predictions for him, I think one of them is the Jets um, for him to land, which would be semi-incredible with a Garrett Wilson, D-Hop, you know, Alan Lazard. Denzel Mims, I mean, name a name a tight end. I'm pretty sure all three can catch, so that's a decent, decent, decent spill. Um, so yeah, we got that, boys and girls. So, the next thing I wanted to get into is some of the top ten anime that I'm watching since Mace is not here. My brother's not here, and no one's here. It's just me. I wanted to dive into the top ten anime, and why. Um, I'm going to start at number ten because I'm going to work my way back. I'm going to say Sword Art Online. Uh, I mean, it's pretty much it's like a virtual, you know, MMORPG where players are trapped and they must fight to survive inside this game. Great anime, like. Love everything about it. Love the action. Love the story. Love the like the character development in this one. Again, uh, I mean, they came out with a couple other sequels that I didn't enjoy, but it is what it is. Neon Genesis Evalon. I mean, good characters, good visuals. Teenage boy who pilots a giant mech to fight against monstrous creatures called angels. I don't know. I wasn't really into it, but it's number nine. One I think is really, really underrated is My Hero Academia. Diverse characters, exciting action sequences. It takes place in a world where people have superpowers. Quirks. They have quirks. This boy has a quirk. He's quirkless. Inherits a quirk called the All Might. Or All for One, I forget. And he has to develop all these powers. And he's training him to become a hero. And I think it's a really incredible anime. Again, Dragon Ball Z. I think top tier. Top absolute tier. Because because this is an anime I watched when I was like 16 years old. And I would watch this before basketball. I would get pumped. See Vegeta fighting Goku. Mm. I loved it. Everything about it. To be honest with you, I love the fact, like, the more they powered up, the bigger their hair got, the bigger their muscles got. To be honest, that was that was my draw. Like, holy shit, these people are pumping up and look at their hair grow. 
becomes blonde. Love it. One Piece, one of the longest running enemies I think I've ever heard of. Um, I still, I still see it. I think it's on tonight on Adult Swim. Like I think they have like some, I don't know, the twenty second or twenty third arc going on right now. You know, and it follows a journey of Monkey D. Luffy and his crew as they search for the ultimate treasure, the One Piece. They'll never find it. Um, or maybe they do. I don't. I don't know. Cowboy Bebop being coming in at number five. Well written characters, fantastic soundtracks, and follows a group of bounty hunters traveling through space on a spaceship called the Bebop. Bebop a doodop. Death Note. Uh, let's see. Death Note. An anime not too action packed, but again, it's a a guy who finds a actual um high school student who discovers a supernatural notebook. It can kill anybody. You write a name on there, it kills him. Naruto, vast world, diverse characters, engaging story, follows the journey of a ninja. Shocker, his name is Naruto. I mean, again, the only thing my wife, my wife always brings this up. Any, if I watch a cartoon, I'm, are you watching Naruto or Naruto or Bleach? <laughs> That's what she goes for. Are you watching Naruto or Bleach? Like, which one is it? Um, But it is what it is. Full Metal Alchemist coming in at number two, The Brotherhood, though. Such a good anime, like such a good breathtaking sequences. It follows a journey of two brothers as they search for the philosopher's stone to restore their bodies after a failed alchemy experiment. Well, the failed experiment was to bring their mother back to life. I mean, his brother lost his entire body. He had to write his soul into a pattern on a suit of armor. And my man, uh, Alfred Riddick or whatever his name is. I know I butchered that name. I'm so sorry. He loses, like, I think his, like, right arm and his, like, his leg or something like that. And he gets auto mail and he befriends a, a auto mail girl. And, you know, they have a good, they have a good time. The number one anime that I wanted to wrap up so bad to see the ending, Attack on Titan. Intense, thrilling story, complex characters, stunning animation. Takes place in a world where humanity lives in a fear of giant humanoid creatures called titans. I mean, these motherfuckers destroy. They eat these guys. They eat regular humans. Such a good one. And the twists and turns of this anime is so epic. And the ones I'm watching right now, Demon Slayer, like, I mean, the new, the, the this arc, this, this swordsman arc, like, in this village, oh my god, it's so, the animation's so good. I mean, it, the story is okay, but I mean, the animation is so good. Like the demons, the upper four, like they're so well written. I think. I think they're so creative in how they look and how they act and the way they, the way they take on their forms. So good. Uh, what's another one I'm watching? Not an anime, but Rick and Morty. That's always my go-to. It makes me smile inside. Like Rick and Morty are my go-to for. I have it on my wall here. I just got a poster of Rick and Morty. Can you see it? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Probably didn't see it, but I love Rick and Morty. What's another anime I'm watching? Um, Yeah, that about it. that's about it for Opinions on with Junior tonight. Thank you guys for listening. I appreciate it. Um, opinions on a podcast at gmail.com. Please send your messages in. Emails. 
anything you want to hear, any opinions you have on things. You want me to talk about Oracle Whales and how they're fucking sinking ships right now. Or, you know, um, bring my kids on a podcast. I can try that. I just want to know what you guys want to hear. Um, again, opinions on a podcast at gmail.com. Send it to your man here, Junior. Love you guys. Later. Thanks for listening to Opinions On. With Maze and Junior, hit that subscribe so you don't miss out.